uh, I'm going to preach this morning on having an encounter, what it's like to have an encounter with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What it's like. Well, I'll tell you what it's like. It's an amazing thing. Uh, chapter 5, verse 1, Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, Gennesaret is the Sea of Galilee, another, another name for the Sea of Galilee. And this is Jesus Christ, of course, in verse 2. And he saw two, sh- two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now that's Peter and James and John. They're all washing their nets on the side. And he, talking about Jesus, verse 3, entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Now what I love about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is when you encounter Jesus Christ, you're encountering a gentleman. Now this is the Son of God. God manifest in the flesh. He could have told Simon, get in that boat and you take me out there. He could have demanded that Peter would do that. But he didn't demand anything. It said he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Prayed is another way of saying ask. He, so he asked, Simon, would you mind taking me out there a little bit from the land so I can preach to these people of thronging him? And Jesus Christ, being the gentleman that he is, he prayed him. He asked him. He said, do you mind taking me out just a little ways? He could have demanded, amen, and he had every right to demand. He created Peter, and he created that water and that boat that Peter's using. He could have demanded him to do that, but he didn't demand him. He asked him, and that's what it's like to encounter Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ never busts through the door of your heart. He never just opens it up and comes into your heart. Revelation 3.20 says he stands at the door of your heart, and he knocks. Can I come in? Can I, can, can I come in? He's not demanding, but he'll ask you, can I come in? And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. I would have given everything I've ever owned to just hear one sermon that Jesus Christ preached. Amen. Hey, man, I would have do anything just to hear, just to hear 30 minutes of Jesus Christ talking. I'd give everything I've ever owned just to hear 30 minutes of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ preaching from a ship. How blessed would that have been? How blessed would that have been? And now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And Simon answered him, Master, we have toiled all the night. Now, when Simon Peter encountered Jesus Christ, I want to tell you something about Simon Peter that I'm a little jealous of. He had the best job. He had a dream job. Most men, if you go to a man and said, Could, what if I was to pay you just to fish all day long? Amen. That's amen, brother. Yeah, that's, a, that's my job. That's the one I've been looking for. I didn't even know that was available. I'll take that job. Simon Peter had the dream job when he encountered Jesus Christ. Amen. But I want to show you something about sometimes we have these dream jobs. And some of us have, some of us have been very well off. Some of us have had a lot of, uh, uh, have been wealthy. Some of us are wealthy. Some of us have been, uh, have been blessed by the Lord God. But sometimes that dream job can turn into a nightmare. And it did for Simon because he had been saying he had been working all night long and didn't get a thing. So that dream job turned kind of into a nightmare. And he said, uh, we have toiled all the night, Master, and have taken nothing. I want to show something to you that when, G- when Peter encountered Jesus Christ, it said he admitted he had been working all night long 
but still stayed up to listen to what Jesus Christ said. That's important. Sometimes we make a lot of excuses for not coming to church. We make a lot of excuses for not being able to get up out of bed, you know. And, and I know some of them are good excuses. And they're, they're not even excuses, amen. I mean, they're legit. But sometimes some people tell me some of the excuses they have. And, I, uh, and this isn't anybody in this church, actually. But I, I have people that don't even come to this church that want me to counsel them. And I talk to them. And they want me to come over. And I drive an hour out of my way to go talk to them at their house. And I get in there and I'm talking to them and they're needing help and they want counseling and they want this. And I tell them straight out, as rude as I can be, you need to get yourself into church. Not, you don't have to come to my church. I'm not telling you what church to go to. You just need to get yourself into a church. You know, that's your problem. You want help from the church, but you don't ever show up at church. And it gets kind of old. Simon Peter wasn't like that. Simon Peter, he worked all night long, but he was willing to stay up and listen to what Jesus Christ had to say. And he says, And I have taken nothing, but nevertheless, at thy word, I will de- let down the net. You've got to take Jesus Christ at his word. Amen. Amen. You've got to take Jesus Christ at his word. In other words, what are you saying, Brother Keegan? I'm trying to tell you is you've got to believe what Jesus Christ said. And he believed it. He had listened to this man from Galilee. He listened to this man on his boat that used his boat. He listened to him, and he sat there, and he listened to him preach, and he said, you know what I know about this man? This man is telling the truth. There might be some of it he didn't like. There might be some of it that stepped on his toes. There might be some of it that stirred his heart up a little bit. But when that man stepped off his boat, that man says, hey, I know you said you've been fishing all night, but go ahead and go back out there anyway. Peter says, you know what? I don't want to do it, but because he said it, I'll do it. Even though some of what he said already has hurt me, some of it stepped on my toes, some of it I might not agree with, but there's one thing about Jesus Christ. He wasn't a liar. (laughs) You can say everything you want to, and they do. They try to say all this stuff about Jesus Christ, but they can't ever attack his character. Jesus Christ was a great man. He fed the poor. He healed the poor. He walked around, and everything Jesus Christ did was right, and he told the truth everywhere he told it. That's what's wrong with America. Nobody wants to hear the truth. They want, they want to hide the truth. They want to take the truth and try to bury it. They, they, want, they want to try to just deny the truth as much. No matter, even if it leads them down into a pit of destruction, they're going to ignore the truth. And it's a sad thing. Just accept the truth. I try to, I try to quote that to people all the time. The truth shall make you free. Jesus, I tell them, you know what Jesus said? The truth shall make you free. Just look for the truth. Just look for the truth. Just look for the truth. And verse 6, and when they had done this, so he takes Jesus' word, he believed Jesus Christ, and when they had done this, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship, and that they should come and help them, and they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. Woo-wee! They had been fishing all night long, hadn't caught even a perch. And then finally Jesus Christ says, hey, I know you hadn't even caught anything, but go on out there again. And Peter goes out there and he throws in the net. Boy, it's so heavy. They can't even hardly get the net and the net's starting to break. Can you imagine it? And it starts getting the fish in there and they call over James and John. Y'all get y'all's boats over here. And they start, it says they had so many fish that the, the ship was about to sink. Now that sounds like a fish tale to me. I've heard people tell stories. They go fishing. Oh, it was this bad, you know. And they tell all these stories. And I was in a, uh, I was in a bank there in, in Brownwood. And I know, I know one of the guys that works in that bank. And he has, 
he had this uh, fish he had caught, and it was on his plaque, and I swear to you, that fish was, and I know you think I'm telling a fish, it was about this big. It's the biggest bass. It looked like a whale, like a little a baby whale he had caught and called it a bass. And he had that thing taxidermied, and I thought, that thing has to be fake. Nobody could pull that in with a rod and reel. It just has to be fake. It just looked like a fake fish. It just would look like a fake fish. Verse 7, and they beckoned unto their partners that they were in the other ship, and they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that it began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Jesus Christ. When you, do, when you follow what the words of Jesus Christ say, when, he, when you listen to what Jesus Christ says, and you just li- follow what he tells you to do, you'll be blessed beyond measure. You will be blessed beyond measure. When you take these words and you just follow what these words have to say, you'll be blessed beyond measure. This dear brother Cliff, he's shown us, he, he taught for 45 minutes to an hour on, on, on finances. All straight out of the Bible. He taught us on finances out of the Bible. He showed us verse after verse after verse after verse about the Bible had to say about your finances. And he, he has a testimony of saying, if you'll do what that book right there says, you will be blessed. It was from insurance to you could, everything you could think of. It was all right in here. And, he, and this brother's blessed. And he showed you, this is why I'm blessed, because I followed these principles out of these words. Listen, when you follow the words of Jesus Christ, you'll be blessed beyond measure. The Bible literally, your cup will literally, literally will overflow. Your blessings will be so much. And it might not be financial, guys. We always think blessings, I'm going to have big money. Blessings sometimes is just having the health sometimes get out of bed. Having the mindset. Some of y'all in here, y'all getting some gray hairs, Brother Raymond, but y'all still have, the, y'all still have some minds to you. You can able, able to still get up in the morning. That's a blessing. Amen. It's a real blessing. I, hey, I open up the Brownwood Bulletin and I look at the obituary and that shows you my age. The older you get, you always go straight to the obituary see if anybody you know has passed away. But I notice that they're young. A lot of young people. And I think to myself, man, we got a, that's a lot of young people passing away. And I've got a church full of a lot of people that aren't so young anymore. And we're really blessed. Amen. Amen. You know, we don't preach a lot of funerals around here. God's been good to us. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So when Peter, Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. Listen, when you encounter Jesus Christ, it's going to humble you. It will. It will humble you. You know, when Brother Alvin just gave him up here, just gave that testimony. He said he, he, he encountered a preacher at a church. And the preacher, when he encountered that preacher, the preacher says, Hey, I'm going to take you and get you wet. Come on back up here on Sunday. I want to get you wet. And Alvin's testimony is, I didn't encounter Jesus Christ. That's what his, that's what his testimony was. I encountered a preacher that he couldn't even remember the preacher's name at a church, but I didn't encounter Jesus Christ. And his testimony was, it was years later when I encountered, the, through the Holy Spirit, encountered Jesus Christ. And through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ was telling me, you need to forgive. Amen. And Brother Alvin said, I did forgive. But there was one person I couldn't forgive. And I was thinking, it's got to be that guy that was picking on him a whole lot in school. I just knew that was who you were going to say, Brother Alvin. So there's going to be some bully when he was in school that was pushing Alvin down and taking Alvin's lunch money. And I was what I was thinking, Brother Alvin, you were going to say. And Brother Alvin, what did you say, Brother? You said, I had to learn to forgive me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
Hey guys, hey, I'm a pastor. I know exactly what he's talking about. I deal with that. I deal with people that I, I talk to them about the and when they encounter Jesus Christ and the love that Jesus Christ has for them, and I talk to them about it, and I talk to them about it, and I've had men literally tell me, but I just can't forgive myself. They can't understand that Jesus Christ, I can't understand the love that Jesus Christ has for them, that he would be willing to forgive them after all that they've done. Some of y'all are forgetful. <laughs> That's what the problem is. You've forgotten how much Jesus Christ is having to forgive you. And, and the Lord's covered that with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But man, when, if God was to take out all your sins, start laying them out and start playing them back, I, know about, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want nobody else around. I don't want nobody to see what I've done. Amen. I don't want nobody to see what I've done. And Jesus Christ is willing to forgive you of all of that. That's an encounter. It'll humble you. It'll humble you like it humbled Brother Alvin. He said he cried and it was like his, it lifted him up and it, the Lord came in. He got saved. Praise the Lord, brother. That's a great testimony. Praise the Lord for that. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Hey, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. When you encounter Jesus Christ, there's one thing you're going to realize. You're not a very good person. Amen. <laughs> that's, that's called an encounter with this man from Galilee. Amen. This man from Galilee will show you you're not as good as you thought you were. And I can guarantee you when you see the character of Simon Peter, the way he carried himself through the rest of the gospel, Simon Peter was a proud man, and it was hard for him to be humble, but Simon Peter was just a good old boy. And what I mean by that, when I say good old boy, I don't mean that in a very good sense. I mean, he's just a good old boy. I'm just a good old boy. I don't do nothing wrong. I just go out fishing, and I try to leave people alone. I don't steal anything from anybody. I don't bother anybody's wife. I don't go womanizing. I'm just a good old boy. But when you encounter the holiness and the purity of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it'll humble you down to where you'll get down on your knees in front of Him and say, Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Amen. Amen. It will humble you down. Amen, humble me down. Because you realize what you're not and what he is. And it humbles you down. And he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Look at verse 9. For he was astonished. And all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. Some people that encounter Jesus Christ have an astonishing tale. And that's what I'm trying to preach this morning is I'm trying to show you there's going to be two different people I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you Simon Peter's side of it. Then I'm going to show you Matthew or Levi's side of it, the publican. Because they're both going to encounter Jesus Christ. But when Simon Peter encountered Jesus Christ, it was an astonishing encounter. I mean, like, it was astonishing. And what I mean by that is, is, I was reading this story of this man, and they had this, these kids, and this, this church was doing this, uh, where they were canning out these little cards that said that, uh, what did the little card say? It said, get right with God. And they were getting these little cards, and they would handle people that said, get right with God. That's pretty good. Just get right, that's all it said, get right with God. Well they, had, well, they were out there, and they were doing what they were doing, and this big old bulldog showed up. And this bulldog showed up, and one of the young men said, Hey, give me one of them cards, Pastor. And he took that card, and it was a big old bulldog. He had a collar on him, and he took, and they had never seen this bulldog before, and they took that card, Get Right With God, and they put it on the collar of that big old bulldog. And that bulldog, <laughs> and that bulldog just ran off. 
And they were all laughing. And, the, you know, the owner, he, you know, they're thinking the owner, he'll get that. Well, that night they had that revival meeting. And there was a man they had been praying for for years and years in that community. And they had a revival meeting. And as soon as the pastor gave the invitation, just like I'm going to give an invitation this morning, that, that guy got up and he ran down to the altar and he prayed and he asked Jesus Christ to save him and he got saved. And everybody in the church was just astounded. They were astonished. They were praising God. And the pastor pulled the man to the side and he said, Well, tell me what happened. I mean, what changed? What happened? He goes, Well, it's the strangest thing, Pastor. I was sitting at home today because I called in work sick. I didn't feel good at all, and I was trying to get some sleep, and I kept hearing this dog bark. And it kept, woo, 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 woo. And he said, it would not shut up. So he goes, I went to the back door, and I opened up my back door to see what stupid dog is out there, and this big bulldog just comes bounding in my house. And it scared me to death. I thought it was going to bite me. But then I got to looking at it. Its tail was wagging. And, and it's going through the kitchen. And it's making a mess. And he goes, it was almost comical. And I went down and I sat down on the chair because I wasn't feeling very good. And that big bulldog, he just come over there. And he goes, it was so loving. And he said, that big old bulldog just put his head right in my lap. And he said, I looked down on that collar. And that collar said, get right with God. Get right with God. He said, if Jesus Christ loves me enough to send a dog to me, I better get right with him. Now, see, that's an astonishing story. And that's what Peter's had. That encounter with Jesus Christ was so astonishing when he encountered Jesus Christ. I read another story of a drunkard, and he was going, and he was walking, and he was going down to throw himself in the lake to drown himself and he was miserable and depressed and he's walking by this door and he said as it, they said as he's walking by this door somebody just pushed him in that door and he put and it happened to be the pacific mission gardens down in chicago illinois and they pushed him, pushed him down in that door and that drunkard he was so out of it he just fell down walked in there and fell down right in front of the pastor right there on the on the the podium and just passed out well when he woke up they started talking to him and dealing with him he got saved he got right with God. He started preaching. He started preaching from that very podium that he fell down as a drunk. Right that very podium. And when that man died, it said that the Chicago newspapers, they printed that he was one of the most important, useful men in the whole city of Chicago. When that man died. That's what the, the, the editorial said in the Chicago paper. All of that, that encounter with Jesus Christ all happened because somebody pushed him in the door that happened to be open as he was drunk. Kind of a coincidence, isn't it? Nah. With Jesus Christ, there are no coincidences. There's no coincidences that all those fish were out there waiting to jump in that net when Peter went back out there. I have no doubt that Peter was out there all night long and Jesus Christ told those fish, get away from that net. I got something for you to do the next morning. And he kept all those fish away from those, that net. And poor old Peter's out there, man, I, we, I ain't never seen it this bad, fellas. This is the worst night I've ever had in my life. This is horrible. And Jesus Christ said, yeah, yeah, it's horrible because it's about to be really, really good. I'm about to do something astonishing in your life. And you better, you better get ready. You better get ready. For he was astonished in all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. When you encounter Jesus Christ, something astonishing is going to happen in your life. I promise you that. I'm not saying lightning's coming down. I'm not saying some big bulldog's going to bust in your back door. But listen to me. When you encounter Jesus Christ, your life will become astonishing. Amen. If you'll let him work in your life, it will be. 
If you know my testimony, and I'm not going to give it very long, but just if you know my testimony of being a high school dropout and being worthless and sorry and no good, if you only knew me before I got saved, you wouldn't care nothing for me. And if I met you, I'd probably steal everything you ever had. I was such a rotten, sorry, no good person. And Jesus Christ came into my life, and I've never been the same. It's, it's been an astonishing turnaround. I just wish my mother could see it. Because see, when my mother, she passed away, she, she just seen, she closed her eyes looking up at me, taking her last breath, thinking, there's my son, he's a high school dropout, he's worthless, he's got nothing going for him, and that's how she took her last breath. She never knew that I was going to be a preacher. She never knew I was going to be a pastor. She never knew the people I was going to help. She, never, she couldn't see that. But see, Jesus Christ had those plans for me. And Jesus Christ had an astonishing life for me to live. Amen. That's Jesus Christ. I am nothing without Jesus Christ. I would be in jail without Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I think I would probably be dead somewhere without Jesus Christ. I, Jesus Christ is my everything. He is my everything. And it's astonishing to meet Jesus Christ. I was reading a story about a man that had a, he'd lost his young daughter. We were kind of talking about this, Brother Coggin. He had lost his young daughter, and she had died, and he was very angry with God about it. And he said, why would God do this? God couldn't, how could God do this to me? He was very angry with God and blamed God for all of this. And it said that he went to bed miserable one night and he went to bed and he dreamed. And he dreamed he was in this beautiful place and he, there was, he was at a river and on the other side of the river he could see all this beautiful, beautiful land. It was so beautiful. There. And he said he saw these young children come up to the shore and they were laughing and giggling and they were so happy. And he could see all these young people and he got to looking across that shore and out in the middle of them, was his daughter. And he saw his daughter, and his daughter came up to the shore, and she said, Daddy, Daddy, come over here. Daddy, come over here. He said he woke up, and he got right with Jesus. got saved. Listen, come over here. Some of y'all are not listening to me. Some of y'all underneath the sound of my voice, you've been trying to run from Jesus Christ, trying to run from God all your life. I'm here to tell you, over here on this side, you need to come over here. You don't, I know how good it is. I know how bad it is on that side, but I can tell you how good it is on this side. You need to come over here. It's astonishing. Verse 10, so, he was, so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Amen. But see, it mentions that, verse 10, it mentions that James and John, they saw what was going on in Peter's life. See, it's not just, not everybody gets an astonishing story and encounter with Jesus Christ. Not everybody has some astonishing encounter with Jesus Christ. Uh, Just because Brother Alvin gave that testimony that he's in a church and he, he, he forgives himself and he starts reading a little bit, that's astonishing to him. But somebody else saying, oh, that's no big deal. That's, you know, he, I've heard that story. It's just coincidence. But it's astonishing to him, see. But somebody else, they might get that astonishing encounter with Jesus Christ and you get to, and other people watch it from the outside and it changes how they feel about Jesus Christ when they see you're living that for Jesus Christ. Uh, I was reading this story of this uh, 
man, he was, he was, he's a Frenchman. He went over to Africa to meet his friend who was a missionary. And he was over at the missionary's friend's house. And he was talking to the friend. And uh, he, he knew of this king over there in Africa that was this wicked king. His name, was, uh, uh, his name was the human tiger. He was vicious. He would kill people for no reason. He was, they, they were saying he would drink your blood out of, out, out of your own skull. He was just a vicious king. And, and that missionary said, why don't you go to church with me? And that, that, that Frenchman said, yeah, I guess I'll go. He wasn't saved. He didn't have anything to do with Jesus Christ. But just out of, out of, just out of doing the right thing, he went to church with this missionary. When he went to church with the missionary, he sat to the church. And after the church service, he asked that missionary, who in the world was that man that was sitting next to me? He was so remarkable. And he had this look on his face, and he had this glow about him. He was so remarkable. Who was that man that was sitting next to me in that church house? And that missionary said, you don't know who that is? He said, no, I have no idea. He said, that was the human tiger. That wicked, sorry, no good guy that was killing all the... That was the human tiger. That Frenchman said, if Jesus Christ can do that for him, what am I waiting on? I need Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. See, some of y'all don't know us. Maybe I, I might speak for Joker, but you get to know us. If you knew us before Jesus Christ, you would say, that's astonishing what Jesus Christ has did in their life. And I give it all the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, all, every bit of it. And if you meet Jesus Christ, you have an encounter with Jesus Christ. When you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, it's going to change your priorities. Because he says, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. <laughs> he was a fisherman. He was, going to, he, was going to, he was going to catch fish the rest of his life. Man, what a life. What a dream job. He's going to do that all of his life. And Jesus Christ said, no, i got something else for you to do. You're going to be catching men. So it's going to change your priorities. You might, you might have got up and you might have been going to the bars. You might have been going to the honky-tonks. You might have been wanting to chase women. And then when you encounter Jesus Christ, all of a sudden you feel like going to church. <laughs> you feel like singing these old songs that you didn't care about before. All of a sudden you care about the things of, of, that didn't mean nothing to you before. That's called an encounter with Jesus Christ. That's called, that's called becoming a new man and a new creature in Jesus Christ. Verse 11, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. We need to be like that. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you need to forsake all and start following him. Amen. So skip down to verse 27. And I'm going to show you one last encounter with Jesus Christ. And we'll close here. I'm going to show you one more encounter with Jesus Christ that a man named Levi had. And this man, Levi, his name is Matthew. It's, you know, it's like Simon Peter. He has two names. He goes by Levi, but his name is Matthew. Now, this is a famous Matthew that wrote the book of Matthew. And that James and John, that John that, we, that was just mentioned there, that's the John that wrote the gospel of John. And Peter, that was mentioned. Y'all know about Peter. You know how important Peter was in the gospels. There's, there's a lot of inclination that Peter helped write the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, that Mark got what he got for his gospel from Peter. There's three great men right there that all did all this wonderful things in the world because of their encounter with Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 27. And after these things, he went forth, talking about Jesus, and he saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. Now, you've got to understand what this guy is. He's got the man's nightmare job. And what I mean by the man's nightmare job, he's sitting at a desk all day long. And everybody hates him. Nobody appreciates him. He's a tax collector. Everybody hated the tax collector. We all hate the IRS. See, I say IRS, and everybody, boo, boo, hiss, hiss, hiss. It, 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 that's what he was. 
And he was sitting at a, no, a dead-end job. Nobody liked him. Everybody hated him. He even hated himself probably. He hated his job. He's sitting at a dead-end job. And here comes this man, Jesus Christ. And all Jesus Christ simply says to him is this, follow me. Nothing astonishing. There was no, he, he didn't catch a bunch of fish and the ship almost, almost went down. Nothing astonishing happened to Matthew Levi's life. All only thing that happened was that Jesus Christ just showed up and said, follow me. There's some of us in here that maybe you're living a life and you're saying, man, what is going on in my, my life? Is, what am I doing? What is life all about? I'm in this dead-end job, and is this really all life's about? And then Jesus shows up and says, hey, follow me. I'll show you what life can be. I'll give you life, and I'll give it to you more abundantly, Jesus says. That's Jesus Christ, and an encounter with Jesus Christ sometimes doesn't have to be astonishing. Sometimes it's just simply having an encounter with him. That's most of us in here. 99% of us in here, we don't have some amazing story of a bulldog busting down our back door or lightning flying. We just, have, we just tell the story, hey, I just heard the story of Jesus Christ, and I knew I was lost, I knew I was a sinner, and I repented, and I got saved. Amen. But see, that's an astonishing thing, but see, but it's not an astonishing story. And a lot of, but it's an important story. And listen, guys, and the reason why I'm preaching this is I want to tell you this. You need to give your testimony. And everybody in here that's saved has a testimony. And you need to learn to give your personal testimony. Brother Alvin, who obviously is not a very good speaker. He doesn't read very well. And Brother Alvin is as nervous as a cat when he gets up here. I know what you feel like, brother. But he had the guts to give his testimony in front of a lot of people. Because he felt like God wanted him to do that. Guys, you can give your testimony in front of somebody else just one-on-one. And just give a good testimony. Say, whatever your testimony is. It could be as simple as, you know what? Jesus Christ is the best thing ever happened to me. I gave that simple testimony one time, and it just bonded me and another brother, Bobby Holloman. We were eating in Underwoods and never met him. We were sitting in Underwoods, and, and I heard he was saved. And I said, well, he, taught, he said, what, what do you know about Jesus? I said, well, let me tell you about Jesus. I said, he's the best thing ever happened to me. And he just got this big old smile on his face. And he said, yeah, brother. One time we had this guy bring in a truck. Actually, it's the crane truck I'm driving now. It's a Kenworth. And he drove all the way from Dallas, Fort Worth or something. He drove in. I never met the man. He never met me. He gets out of the truck, and we're talking for a couple of minutes. And, and I, we, somehow another got brought up about the Lord. And I, I can't remember if he brought it up or I brought it up. And we got to talking about the Lord. And, and I said, yeah, you know, the Lord's just good. You know, Jesus Christ is it's just good. You know, I, just, I mean, I didn't know anything else to say, but the, Jesus Christ is just good. And that brother's heart, he, his face lit up, and he, had, he literally had tears come to his eyes, and he grabbed me and hugged me. He hugged me like this, and he let me go, and he goes, man, it's so good to meet you, and he just hugged me. That's just a simple testimony, but people want to hear it. And you know what? You know why your testimony is so important, guys? It's because it's your testimony. It's like Matthew Levi. It happened to you, and it comes from your heart. I can't tell Brother Alvin's testimony. That's his testimony. That comes from his heart. And your testimony is your testimony. It comes from your heart. If you're, when, you, when you're talking to somebody and you're showing them your heart and they can see you're being genuine and honest about how good Jesus Christ has been, listen, that'll preach just as much as this Bible right here. And there's people that won't listen to a lick of things I say, but will listen to everything you say. That's your children, your grandchildren, your aunts, your nephews, your nieces, whoever it might be. Friends and relatives, they won't care. Nothing I have to say, oh, that's old preacher. He's just trying to get my money. But they'll listen to everything you say about Jesus Christ. It's so important to give your testimony. 
Look at verse 28. And he left all and rose up and followed him. He just followed him. It's pretty easy to leave all when you got a sorry, no good job, huh? Amen. I, I think Peter, he had a whole lot more to lose when he left his fishing job. That's just my opinion, though. I'll just throw my two, my two cents in there. Verse 29. And Levi made him, look, Levi made him a great feast in his own house. See, when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, you need to take him back to your house. You need to invite him in. Remember I talked about him being a gentleman? you got to open up the door and say, Hey, Lord, come on into this house. You're welcome in here. Amen. Come on, come on. I want you in here, Lord. I want you in here. But see, sometimes we don't want to let Jesus Christ in because we don't want him to see what we're watching on the TV. <laughs> or what books we have up on the bookshelves or things we're reading or things we're talking about or things that we're doing. Listen, Jesus Christ is there if we like it or not. He's living in us. And everything you're saying, everything you're looking at, everything you're doing, he's right there with you. And you're grieving the Holy Spirit with that stuff. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees, those are like the religious leaders, murmured against his disciples saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Oh, thank you, Lord. See, verses like this, I love it that Jesus Christ sat down and ate with sinners. <laughs> I love it that Jesus Christ was willing to hobnob and rub elbows with sinners, because that's what I am. And that means I got a chance for him to sit down and eat with me. And they called him out on it. Why are you eating with the sinners? Why are you eating with those sorry, no good sinners? Look out there, they're sorry, no, they're publicans. They're, they're no good, they're harlots. They're, look at how wicked they are, some of the, and Jesus Christ, look what Jesus says, though. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Hey, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen. When you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, and you want, to have, you want something to change in your life with, you, with that encounter with Jesus Christ, the main thing you have to realize is you've got to realize you're a sinner, and that you're sick, and that you're bound and doomed to go to a devil's hell. If you encounter Jesus Christ and you realize that's who I am, I'm just a sinner, I'm sick, and I'm bound to the devil's hell, and you need a physician. Can I recommend the great physician, the great physician Jesus Christ? I'll recommend him. He'll heal you up. You know what's so amazing about this great physician? He's better than any doctor you've ever met, and I'll tell you why. He doesn't charge a dime. <laughs> you're not going to be home and go, man, I feel... I feel a hundred times better, man. I never felt so good. And your wife go out to the mailbox, come back in, and she opens up the mail and go, well, yeah, but look at the bill. It always comes about three months later, doesn't it? Oh, I, what, look. And then you get another bill. And then you get another bill. And then the anesthesiology bill. And you know, that's not how Jesus Christ works. He comes in, he heals you, it's free, it's done. Amen. You don't get a bill later on. That's what makes Jesus Christ so astonishing and amazing. They that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, sometimes, just like Levi, it's all just something simple. You know, uh, Colonel Sandal, Sanders, Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken, he wrote an autobiography of his life, and he wrote that he was looking for God. He had been tithing. He had been tithing. He had been working. He had been trying to do, be a good, godly man, but he just didn't have God. That's his testimony. And he had got a chance to go over to Australia, of all places, to some kind of church convention over there. He said when he left there, he still didn't have it. And he got back home and he said he was walking down the streets of Kentucky and this old preacher comes up and he comes up and says, hey, why don't you come to church with us? 
And old Colonel Sanders says, well, I guess I might do that. And Colonel Sanders said when he went to that church that evening, he read and saw Romans 10, 9, and 13, and he got saved. That's just, and this is what he said, what Colonel Sanders said. When I walked out of that church that night, I knew I was a different man. All my tithing and good deeds had never given me the sense of God's presence that I knew then. So you might be working for God. You might say, well, I've been going to church all my life. Oh, yeah, you might have. You might have been a good person, but have you ever had an encounter with Jesus Christ? Are you like Brother Terrell that you, you met the pastor, the pastor took you and threw you in the baptistry, and you had an encounter with the pastor, but you've never had an encounter with the man from Galilee named Jesus Christ? A lot of us have had that testimony. Some of us got saved at a young age. We get to be about eight, nine years old. The pastor said, well, it's time to put them in the baptistry. And we throw them in the baptistry and get them dunked. And we tell them you're saved. And the kid don't even know what they're saved from, much less what they're saved to. They might know a little bit about heaven. And then it's maybe they're in their 20s or 30s. And they'll walk down the aisle and say, you know what, pastor, I'm not saved. I'm going to, I need Jesus Christ. Maybe you're like that in here this morning. Maybe you, you, you had an encounter with a pastor, had an encounter with a church, had an encounter with some kind of religious system, but you've never had an encounter with the man, Jesus Christ. Amen. I love stories about people who've met Jesus Christ. Amen. This man named Gypsy Smith, a great pastor, he said he was walking down the street and he kept feeling a tug and he thought somebody was pushing on him. He turned, turned, finally turned around and it was this little bitty girl and she was in rags. And this little girl held up this piece of candy. She said, I want you to have this. He said, uh, little girl, why are you giving me your only piece of candy? I don't, I don't need a piece of candy from me. She goes, no, no. She goes, my daddy came to your meeting last Saturday. And now he's back at home and he's sober. And he's like a new daddy. And I appreciate you and I want you to have this piece of candy. And he just reached up and peeped up that little girl and hugged her. See, when you encounter Jesus Christ, you'll become a new daddy. One of my favorite stories, I love to tell this story at funerals. So if you ever die, this is what I'm going to tell over your dead body. They had a meeting, and this meeting, the man was giving up, giving his testimony, a lot like Brother Terrell did, a lot like uh, Kelly did last Wednesday night, a lot like a lot, just giving a testimony how Jesus Christ has saved his soul, and he delivered him from alcohol, and he wasn't drinking anymore, and he wasn't a drunk anymore. And in that tabernacle meeting, at the very back of that tabernacle meeting, was a man, and he was yelling out, it's only a dream. It's only a dream. Making fun of that man, giving his testimony up on the stage. And about that time, that man felt the tug on his coat, and he looked down, and there was a little girl there. And she said, mister, she goes, that's my daddy. And if it's only a dream, don't wake him up. <laughs> don't wake him up. Amen. Some of us are only living a dream, but don't wake us up. Amen. It's a dream with Jesus Christ. And when I had my encounter with Jesus Christ, it changed my life. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for sending Jesus Christ our way. You could have stayed up in heaven. You could have said, them, let them go to hell, but you willing, we're willing to come down here and walk among us, us wicked, filthy sinners. Walk among this filth as you walked along, Lord God, and seen the sin that was in our heart. Lord, as you hobnobbed with us sinners, Lord, and you were willing to do all that because you loved us. And you wanted to come to us, just like in the garden. Where art thou? And you wanted to have fellowship with us. Lord, oh, we thank you. We thank you that you loved us way before we could love you. Thank you for loving your enemies, Lord God, because I was your enemy before I came to you. 
And Father, I just thank you, Father, that you love me and you died for me on the cross and shed your blood that I might get into heaven. And Father, thank you for these testimonies of these men and women, Lord God, that have been given, Lord. And thank you for the testimony of Brother Terrell, Lord God, and Kelly. And Father, thank you for these people here that they love you, Lord, and they're going to tell people about you, Father. And Lord, I just pray that there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that's never had an encounter with Jesus Christ. That as we give this invitation, Lord, they'll walk on down the aisle, Lord God, and they'll get saved. And they can get up off their knees and they can feel that weight lifted off their shoulders. And they can know that no matter what happens, they're going to go on to heaven. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's have, let's have an invitation, Brother Matt Wade. What song are we going to sing, Brother? Number 17, okay. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.